What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Then, the ninth plague, if you were not within the region of Goshen, where the Jewish people were, there was no escape from the ninth plague, which was a penetrating, profound darkness. A darkness that could be felt. A darkness that penetrated into the soul. No one could escape this. I've been, we have a customer in the northern part of Finland. Go up there, way up there. And um, will you land on ice, way up there. Anyway, and, you know, there's a real problem up there. And during the wintertime, people go into severe depression. You know why? No light. No light. And, you know, there's a very high suicide rate. And so what they have to do for these people is they have to, they have to get them in rooms, what they call light therapy, and they have to put their face in front of fluorescent lights for like three hours during the day to try to drive the darkness out. This was a darkness that we're talking about here, a profound darkness that penetrated into the soul. This was the ninth plague. But before each of these plagues, God, through Moses, said, here's the next plague that's coming. And it came. And there was no escape. And nothing that anybody could do to be exempt, to be passed over, to be skipped. No. And now was the announcement of the tenth plague more horrible than any of the other previous plagues, and is the 10th plague, death of the firstborn. Everyone knew that this one was going to happen just as the other nine did. And the announcement of this horrible 10th plague, the firstborn in every family, it was such an impact that every firstborn looked at their family members and every family member looked at the firstborn and the firstborn said, I'm going to die. And all the family members looked at the firstborn and said, you're going to die because that was the plague. And those that had not hardened their heart against God, they cried out, is this most horrible plague going to be like all the other nine ones? Is there going to be no escape from this horrible plague? Is there going to be no exemption? Is there going to be no passing over? Do I have to die in this plague? And God replies, 
that this was to be different from the nine other plagues. Yes, there was a way of escape. Yes, it was the only way, but it was a way of escape from the 10th plague. It was possible to have an exemption. It was possible to be skipped. It was possible to be passed over. And God said the way of it, the way of escape is through a family lamb, a family lamb. Each family had to have a lamb. And they were to take the lamb and kill the lamb, and then they were to collect the blood, and they were to apply the blood on the two doorposts, mezuzah, mezuzot here, and here, and on the lintel over the door, like a shape of a cross. And that was what God said to do. He said, put the blood up there. And then God said, when I see the blood, not when you see the blood, but when I see the blood, I'll pass over. God was saying, when I see the blood, you will escape the plague of the death of the firstborn. He was saying, when I see the blood, you'll be exempt. When I see the blood, I will skip over. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. This blood was so powerful that when God saw it, all judgment stops. This, This blood was so powerful that when God saw it, execution stops, exemption starts, passing over starts, salvation starts. The firstborn was saved when God saw the blood. And the question is, what did God see? He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Exactly what did God see when he said, caused him to not execute this judgment? What did he see when he said, when I see the blood? Now, we know that this Passover night, the family lambs, these are all symbolic of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. I mean, John the Baptist introduces the Lord Jesus as he enters onto the scene of human history in his ministry, I shouldn't say human history, but as he enters into his public ministry in John 1.29, John the Baptist goes, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. God saw in the blood of those family lambs He saw in the symbolism there the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who died on the cross 2,000 years ago as the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus, shed his blood on the cross. God saw the blood of the cross. And the question is, what did God see in the blood of his cross? What did he see? That's what really we want to focus on. This is this question here. This burning question, Exodus 12, 13, when I see the blood, what did God see? When I see the blood, what did he see in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, we needed blood to have our sins removed, taken away. Talked about when I see the blood. Leviticus 17, 11 says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the life, the blood, the blood, the life, the life, the life of the flesh is in the blood. I says, I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. It's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul, the life, the blood, the atonement. It's all wrapped up there. But God made it so clear. It's the blood that makes an atonement for a soul. You and I, we needed blood for all of our sins that have stained our souls to be atoned for, to be taken away. We needed blood, not just any blood. 
special blood, very special blood. What God required as symbolism for the sin offering in this chapter, chapter 12, verse 5, chapter 12, verse 5, Exodus 5, Exodus 12, 5, Exodus 12, 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Without blemish. The requirement is of the without blemish speaks to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, was a person who had no sin. He had no blemish. He had no sin. Now, I say that. You, you, I do. You do. We try to imagine it. We can't imagine it. Know why? We are filled with sin. We are filled with sin. We are so spotted and stained with sin that it's, we can't imagine a person who was without sin, but that was the Lord Jesus Christ. When it says in Isaiah 53, 9, that it describes him, he made his grave with the wicked, his, the rich, and his death, because he had done no violence, none at all, no violence, neither by thought, word, or anyway, no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. No thought of deceit, no word of deceit, no deceit. No violence, no deceit. You know, it's hard for us to imagine that. We can't imagine that. I mean, who's so sinless as a person who's never sinned? We can't imagine a sinless person because we're so far from being sinless. We don't know anybody who's sinless. You know, but what made the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so rare is that it's described in 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious, that's the word, the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The rare blood of Christ, the precious, the rare, when you have precious metals, rare metals. When you have something that is so rare, why was it rare? Because it was without blemish and without spot. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was precious because of how clean it was. It was perfectly clean, without blemish, without spot. No one has ever lived a life like Peter describes in 1 Peter 2.22, 1 Peter 2.22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. One thing is for sure, that doesn't describe us. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his We have all sinned. We have all lied. We have all deceived. And if there's anybody in this room who is saying right now, I've never told the lie, add that one to the list of the lies. <laughs> That's what makes the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so precious. He never lied. He never sinned. It was the blood that we needed to make an atonement for, for our sins. And when God saw the blood, God saw precious. When God saw the blood, God saw rare. So rare, no other blood he saw like that. That was the blood that could take away our sins. When God saw the blood, God saw precious that no other blood could do that because it was rare. He was the only person who ever lived and never sinned. Only person. Therefore, his blood was precious. God told us that we needed to be redeemed with this precious blood. Our sins were like a debt. Every time we sinned, it was a debt. added to the debt column. And when we sinned, we sold ourselves. 
into indebtedness. And we couldn't be freed from that indebtedness unless valuable blood was used to pay for our redemption. That was the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's what it did. He used his blood to pay for what was owed to free us from our indebtedness. When God saw the blood, God saw redemption value in the blood. He saw the value to redeem us from the debt of our sins. When God looked on the blood of the Lord Jesus, he saw redemption value. When God saw the blood, he saw stamped paid. He saw stamped paid in full that could be stamped on everyone's crime sheets of sins. Each of us have a crime sheet of sins. Each of our crime sheets of sins, they cry out, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for this? Where's the payment? And there's no relief. You can't declare bankruptcy on that one. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't say, well, can I work out some payment terms? No. Because each of our crime sheets cry out, this must be paid in full. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was that redemption payment. From 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish without spot. Colossians 1.14, Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1.7, Ephesians 1.7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So when God saw the blood, God saw what God saw paid in full, stamped on each one of our crime sheets of sins. God saw the blood, he saw it could be written on each of our crime sheets uh, of sins. Every legal demand has been met. This blood has met every legal demand. Now, when you and I sinned, we actually allowed ourselves to be kidnapped. You may not have felt kidnapped, but you were. We were. When you and I sinned, we allowed ourselves to be kidnapped, and a ransom had to be paid for our release. Oh, this came back so, came so dramatically. I can see the person now who worked for us down at Ducati, and I remember the day he got the phone call, and he got the phone call, and the person on the other end of the line read off to him, the exact amounts to the peso that everyone in his family had in their bank accounts. Then he told our employee that his father-in-law, who was a medical doctor, had been kidnapped, and that every peso from everybody's bank account had to be paid as a ransom for his father-in-law to be released. And they did it, down to the last peso. After we sinned, we allowed ourselves to be kidnapped, and we would not be released without a ransom being paid. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world and described the purpose for him coming into the world, he said this in Matthew 20, 28, Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The life is in the blood, to give his life, to give his lifeblood, to give his blood a ransom for many. The life 
of the Lord Jesus Christ is in the blood. The Lord Jesus Christ gave his life blood as a ransom when God saw the blood. When he says, when I see the blood, when God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus, God saw the ransom that was required for our release. He saw the ransom. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of the Father's love for us, and of course, the greatest verse in the Bible in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, that word, whosoever, that meant that his blood was available for everyone. I love that term, available, because I spent a lot of time in Japan. And Japanese, are, they try to speak English. Okay, bless their hearts. Anyway, they all take the same, <laughs> I don't know this, but I figure they all take the same English course because I, when I've traveled all over Japan, they all seem to know the same set of vocabulary. And, <laughs> and my, you know, my 20, 30 years, 30 years, I guess, of going to Japan once, twice a year and meeting with all these people all over the place, I mentally have made a list of all their vocabulary words. And I talk in their vocabulary words. <laughs> and they always say, Kentra-san, speak Japanese English. <laughs> and, so, and so I just kind of listen to what they're saying. Okay, oh, yeah, right, I understand. That's the word they know. Okay, that's the one I'm going to use. Case by case, you know. <laughs> they love case by case. Anyway, one of the words on their English vocabulary list is the word available. And oh, do they use that word. That word means possible, accessible, ready now. And so you go into a restaurant, table, available. Okay. You say to the waitress, iced coffee, available? Yeah. <laughs> you call for an appointment and you are told, meeting time is available. Okay. <laughs> well, the whosoever in John 3.16 is the expressing that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is available for everyone, for anyone. When God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he saw blood that was available for all persons. Paul called himself the chief of all sinners. I'm not going to argue with him. If he wants to be the chief of all sinners, that's fine. He can take that position. I really wasn't trying to have it. But he said he's the chief of all sinners. It'll be a sin in 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Okay. When God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God saw blood that reached. God saw blood that was available to reach to every person and God saw blood that was available to reach to cover every sin. God saw in the blood, blood that was available to cover every sin. When Adam and Eve sinned 4,000 years before the appearance of the blood of the Lord Jesus on the cross, they were saved by the blood that hadn't even appeared yet. And so was every believer for 4,000 years before the blood appeared. What kind of blood is that? And for 2,000 years after the blood of the Lord Jesus appeared on the cross, over 2,000, every believer, you and I, every believer has been saved by the same blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. The lasting effect or the duration 
of this blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is for 2,000 years after the blood appears and for 4,000 years before it appears. It's got a duration like that in both directions, before and after it appears. When God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God saw duration for 4,000 years before it appears and for thousands of years after it appears. Now, sin has left you and I very dirty inside, and you and I know it. In Matthew 15, Matthew 15, 18, Matthew 15, 18, the Lord Jesus Christ said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemies. You know, we listen to this list and we go, you know, hit, 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 hit. These are the things which defile a man. Our sins greatly stained us inside. It made us very dirty. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is, was what washed us from our sins. Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 1 John 1.7, 1 John 1.7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us or goes on cleansing us from all sin. When God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus, God saw blood that cleanses. You know, the hymn's true. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me pure again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. When you and I sinned, we felt horrible inside. Why? Because we're guilty. We're guilty. And then we felt guilty. And our consciences were guilty. And we had guilty consciences. And our guilty consciences actually blocked us, stood right in the way of us serving God. You can't serve God with a guilty conscience. You try to serve God with a guilty conscience, you find you can't do it. You ever try to do that? Serve God when you have a guilty conscience, you don't, you don't want to serve God. You want to, go, you want to go have lunch instead. Because you're just thinking about your sin and, and you're paralyzed to serve God. That's because a guilty conscience blocks a person from serving God. But the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ frees from that. It does something wonderful described in Hebrews 9.14. Hebrews 9.14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ purged out from the conscience to serve the living God. It not only washed us from the defilement of sin, it purged our guilty consciences so we can serve God. When God saw the blood of the Lord Jesus, God saw blood that could remove guilt. You know, when the prophet Isaiah, it's very interesting about the prophet Isaiah, when he's called to go serve God and go to the Jewish people, he goes like this, I can't do it. Why not? I got a foul mouth. He had a foul mouth. Didn't know. Prophet Isaiah? I'm shocked. But he did. He had a foul mouth. He said, I live around a people with a foul mouth, and it's gotten to me, and I have a foul mouth. And he complains to God. He says, I'm, I, I, he says this is the end of me. He said, Isaiah 6.5, Isaiah 6.5, then said, I, woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the whole of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim, 
unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.